sin and I come on pretty strong. <laughs> Instead of saying La Jolla, you know, and people cringe, you say La Jolla, and uh, I don't get down there very often. I just, uh, I never, of course, I usually run out of money by the time I get a little bit south of here. But I worked out here several years ago, uh, long before I got in show business. I don't know what I was trying to get into. But what I was, get, what I got into, what, <laughs> don't twist it around. Uh, I'm gonna put words in my mouth or I'm gonna be in trouble. I got into an orchard. And uh, I was down here in Greenville, California. I don't know how many of you folks know Greenville. It's fun on a warm Sunday afternoon just to go through. Don't stop, go on, keep on going. And uh, I went in there, they had a big sign up there, cot pickers. And, um, oh, lights came up. I thought maybe we had electrical failure. Uh, you never know, that's the reason I'm in black, ready to go at all times. So, um, if that thing goes out, I go, man, you know. We all go. But, um, keep the sun shining a little while, Dad, you know. Oh, I guess it's a moon. I'm sorry tonight. You never know. Things are just happening so fast. But I, uh, I went into this orchard and uh, myself and another buddy who was straight. And uh, I want to get that clear. You know, somebody think traveling with a fella, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. This guy had been in the war and the whole thing got in the right way, you know. So we asked this guy, I said, uh, we're Ohio farmers, and uh, the guy sort of went, oh, gee. And we thought it was kind of funny too, you know. But we, uh, the guy said, well, did you ever pick any fruit? And I said, well, we picked up a guy down here about an hour ago. Uh, but, and the guy said, uh, well, that's all, he didn't know really, and, uh,
shiny, lonely star. Take my fear under your wings.
Classic on MutinyRadio.fm
adjective pronoun, er, he, das, requires special attention because of its great importance and because it resembles so closely the definite article. Nominative. The man who is coming. Der Mann, der kommt. The mother who works in the school. Die Mutter, die im Laden arbeitet. The house which looks so nice. Das Haus, das so schön aussieht. Genitive. The father whose son is at home. Der Vater, dessen Sohn zu Hause ist. The woman whose money was stolen. Die Frau, der Geld gestohlen wurde. Dated. The teacher to whom we had the exercises. Der Lehrer, dem wir die Aufgaben reichen.
लियो का राजा तुझे जाना है तो जा तेरी मर्जी है क्या अगर रूठ के चली जाएगी फिर मेरी मरने की खबर आएगी मेरी महबूबा मेरी महबूबा मेरी महबूबा तुझे जाना है तो अगर रूठ के चली जाएगी मेरी मर की
Black Blastic on Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Thank you. 
1964. The only good thing about this new neighborhood up here in Inwood is a giant park in the woods. They've got these incredible Indian caves way in deep with all kinds of tunnels and shit you can climb around in. This fat guy got stuck in one the other day and the fire department came over to pop him out. It took five big guys pulling on a rope to do it. It's a funny scene. Up at the caves is this old man every day named Bill. He gives out chocolate bars and got this little jug of apple cider we swig on and he plays the flute all day with some weird sound that carries out through the whole woods and a lot of birds come around and squirrels and he tosses breadcrumbs and nuts to them. He's like a saint. My cousin says he's been there since his old man was a little kid. This one incredibly steep long hill called Dead Man's that's fantastic for sleigh riding in the winter. But now it's almost summer and in some parts the green is so dense it's like tropical jungles or something. Way up top is a meadow and past that a cliff overlooking the Hudson River. I come up myself and smoke reefer when I have some. Can't get it in this lame place so I get a little off bunky on 29th when I go down to the old neighborhood once in a while and watch the boats growing up along the Palisades. Today I smoke with Willie, the only guy from the school that smokes too and we watch two jet planes moving across the sky like it was flat and they were racing on Tonight I just stuck it out in bed, radared the scene, and slipped into some baggy jeans, a t-shirt, stayed barefoot, and went out and up. Up is my roof. And what I do is simply take off all my clothes, stand around a while, a totally naked young boy, stare into the star machine, and jerk myself off. Is that strange? maybe, but it's certainly the most beautiful and exciting way of masturbating I've experienced since I first began my steady practice of the art when I was just turning 12. I guess that's almost a year and a half ago now. Time sure flies when you're young and pulling off a lot.
say, look, motherfucker, don't give me that shit. Give me my change. <laughs> tell everything she would do. Every time her husband come home, the first thing this damn parrot would holler, the bitch been fucking, the bitch been fucking, and her husband would beat the hell out of her. So she said to the parrot, she said, look, motherfucker, I done got my ass whipped the last time behind you. I'm gonna knock a hole in your damn head and throw you in the toilet. Well, they had one of them outhouses, you know, the outside toilet. And so she knocked a hole in the parrot's head and she threw him in the toilet. She thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. The next day, she goes out to use the toilet, and this parrot looks up at her. He says, oh, goddamn, that you can live with that big hole in your ass. I damn sure can live with this little hole in my head. <laughs> work a split shift. One week he worked days, next week he worked nights. She had a boyfriend and the week he worked nights, he would come to her house. So this night the boyfriend came to the house. He didn't know the man had changed shift. And he had an actor knocking on the blind. So he started knocking on the blind. Bam! 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 So the woman, she was nervous because her husband was home that night. And she started singing. Ain't no need of knocking on the blind. Ain't no need of knocking on the blind. Because my baby is crying and my husband doesn't change his mind. She's trying to hit the nigga, you know, on the outside. That her husband was home. This son bitch ain't caught on yet, you know. He bamming that much harder. Wow, 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 on the blind. She sang that much louder. I said, ain't no need of knocking on the blind. Ain't no need of knocking on the blind. Because the baby is crying and my husband doesn't change his mind. This son bitch still ain't taking no shit. He knocked that much louder. Bam, bam, bam. Damn, he knocked that much louder. So her husband heard it. So her husband said to the wife, he said, hey, put the kitty back in.
Black Plastic Mutiny Radio dot FM. There were three pregnant prostitutes sitting around the fireplace. And so one girl said to her and said, Sue Jane, what do you want your baby to be? She says, oh, I want a boy. Said, Mary Jane, what you want your baby to be? She said, oh, I want a girl. So they asked Lucy sitting over there in the corner, dipping, snuffing, chewing the back at the same damn time. Say, hey, Lucy, say, what you want your baby to be? She said, well, I don't give a damn what that son of a bitch be. But I know one thing, I don't want no more of them damn white bastards, because they too damn hard to keep clean.
fences for fleeced flesh hides. Blood won't soak through hardwood floors, if which cup you know not to pour. Life is nickel, dime, or quarter. Someone's looking to fill an
the soil. The moon gives peace to the night, and the stars lead the way for the blind, and the wind gives life to the leaves. Give love to the
faded seconds. No, too light. This is their color. If they faded, they'd be sticky. Bullshit. Fuck your mother, prick. Alright, everybody cool it. I finally gotta referee this thing. We decided on a way to do it. We put one of each of Lang's Bob Hat and Mark Pitt. The first one picked, we take. We drew a black and red. We hesitated, but we each took two. We got suited up and sat a minute. The rest of the team was already upstairs in Dudley Doolittle. Our coach sent a manager down to get us. We get upstairs and get about three warm-up shots in before the giant horn honks and we gather around Doolittle for last-minute instructions. You sit up here and lay a pick for him and if it's a man-to-man -man defense, we use that new 3-2 pattern we've been practicing, blah, blah, blah. Of course. All this immediately boils down to my usual individual game plan, meaning if I get the fucking ball, I'm shooting it, no matter if they play 6,000 varieties of defense. Then we're off, and for once against Taurus Man, we jump out in front, and Anton Neutron and I are hitting great on our shots, and at the end of the first quarter, our lead, 23-16. to 16. Then the second quarter gets whizzing and something strange begins to creep through my body from head to little toe. I flash a peek at Mark, Lang, and Neutron, as a foul is called. Mark comes up to me and mumbles in slow, low tones. I got a feeling I picked the wrong pill. Dig. I dug. No doubt about it, we took the downest downers I may have ever downed. My legs began to get the feeling someone split a nice little hole at the top of my thighs and poured in a few gallons of liquid lead. I had a head on that felt like the rock of Gibraltar. And Lang and Neutron just looked over with 10 pound eyeballs and nodded like, you and your fucking pick from the hat, shit. The guy shot the foul and I went to jump for the rebound and I must have risen all of half an inch off the ground. The other team's dude who I normally leave looking at my shoelaces sailed over me and easily laid it in. From there it got pathetic. We scored three points in the whole quarter and were literally staggering as the half ended with them winning by 18 points. Down on the locket for the first half talk, Coach Doolittle wouldn't lose his cool if a tank drove into his reading room, blew his cool. He turned nine shades of purple rage and told the four of us to get dressed, leave the building, and report with him to the headmaster Monday morning. We did. We got dressed, that is, as quick as our reflexes allowed, and split got a cab to my neighborhood to go up to headquarters. It was a combination of everyone bitching how they were right and who was wrong. A pinch of foreseen disaster for Monday and intervals of total hysterical laughter about the whole
wanted to take uh, this time uh, to just do a wild thing and let you out there think up something. Not too wild or too far out. Somebody said the other day to me, uh, one of your stuff, Mr. Winters, is too far out. And I said, well, sometimes I feel it's too far in. How far out can you go? I talk, you know, pretty much in high school dialogue. And uh, I don't figure you can go out too far. The astronauts are trying, and they're still, you know, got their popular mechanics in front of them. What are those terms? Well, like I said, I would give anything, really, to go to the moon. Um, I thought I was there one time. <laughs> but um, I think about Mars and Venus. I did a wild thing. I got to tell you about this and, and then let you think up a bit and I'll do it in front of you. I, I have a little office at home, a den, I think is a kinder word. And in it, there are stuffed owls and coins and books and soldiers and uh, pictures of, uh, and just pictures, a lot of things. But uh, I have a big map of the moon. And I went downtown one day to a stationery store and I bought a little box of these multicolored head, head pins that you know you see in AAA maps. And I stuck them all over this moon map. So I brought one of my squarer friends in, wonderful guy, but a little square. Gosh knows I'm square too, but this guy is a little disturbed in his own right, and <laughs> that's why I love him, you know. So he came up and he said, uh, John, do you really believe this stuff about outer space and everything? Oh, <laughs> you can't so much out here. It's a kooky, and I said, stand still. You're in trouble, buddy. You're jumping up and down. Relax. Well, wh what is this map of the moon with all these pins in it? Don't ask me. Washington's been here, the FBI. I can't tell you that. It's top secret. Well, that clown all but jumped out of the window. Down the stairs, out in the street. was on his twin and rode away, you know. But it is kind of a wild scene to see all the little pins, people sort of go, mm. But if you have a little bit that you want to throw up to me, I'll, uh, I'll think it up here as best I can. Keep in mind that I haven't planted anybody out there, any magician, you know, that kind of stuff. There might, uh, there might not be any message at all, or certainly any payoff, but it'll be live. This is, uh, you know, back east we have what we call the Ivy Leaguer. I'm sure you see them. I wear Ivy League suits. I also have some Robert Hall pants. I have a Saks overcoat, Abercrombie and Fitch tie, and so I try to, you know, split it up a little bit for everybody. But this Ivy Leaguer, I've never, I don't know uh, exactly where he comes from. He's a strange breed. Whether he is, uh, was born, oh, quite failed. It's all over, friends. <laughs> the sun went out. Um,
far from Grace Cathedral, am I? Well, I'll cut across and say a few before I go. Thanks for listening. This has been Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm. Don't forget that comedy festival coming up in March. It's going to kick your ass with laughs. It's ass kick laughs. Thanks for listening. Keep on coming back. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>